right, hey guys, Shane here, and welcome to Pursuing Jesus podcast, episode 7. We're going to be talking about single-issue voting and the unborn. First, I want to quickly thank you for listening. You know, in just six episodes, we've risen to the top 40 of all Christian podcasts in the religion and spirituality genre. There's over 92,000 podcasts in that category, and we are in the top 40. So I want to thank you for that, and I want to invite you to partner with us. We've already had several people partner. You can choose to partner with us through Modern Day or through Anchor, and we're asking everyone to consider a, a, a small donation of $5 a month, you know, about a cup of coffee from your local coffee shop per month. And, you know, as you might know, we are unpaid missionaries, and everything we do is based on the generosity of our donors and support we receive from people like you. And so this podcast is absolutely free to listen to. All of my YouTubes, all of my TikToks, all of my Instagram, all of my content is always free. And uh, we're driven by you. So I want to thank you, invite you to join us. And if you are following, make sure you hit the uh, the bell, turn on the notifications for Spotify or Apple or Anchor, wherever you're listening that way you get notified whenever we post a new episode. I haven't figured out quite a schedule yet, so it's hard for me to predict when I'm going to be uploading episodes. I would love to be uploading four to five times a week, um, every day if possible. So I'll go as the Lord leads, but right now, make sure you turn on those notifications so you don't miss a thing. But listen, I want to get right into it. This is going to be a heavy episode, but it's one that needs to be talked about everywhere. And... You know, I'm pretty confident that this talk would get banned on Instagram or heavily censored and on YouTube as well. TikTok, completely out of the question. As soon as you mention some hot words, they'll take the video down or report it for violence, which is interesting because what I'm talking about today is extremely violent. It is the killing of pre-born children, pre-born human beings. And this podcast is the only safe place to do that for now. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Why did I title it Single Issue Voting? You know, I remember during the elections with Trump and Clinton and Trump and Biden, there were Christians specifically who I remember saying, you can't vote based on one issue. And that was because I said, I will never vote for someone who is not pro-life. I don't care what the rest of their policies are. If you're pro-choice, or nowadays it's popular to be pro-abortion, and we'll get into that. But if you're a pro-choice or pro-abortion, there's no way I will ever give you my vote. And they said, well, you can't vote on a single issue. That's, that's irresponsible. It's dumb. And so single-issue voting is what it sounds like. It's where the power to vote or the persuasion to vote or not vote for someone in an election is based on a single issue. Like I said, I will never vote for a pro-choice candidate. I don't care what the rest of their policies are. I don't care if they have the best policies in the world. They want children to be dead, or they want you to at least have the right to kill them. And that will never get my vote. Usually, single-issue voting surrounds abortion, even though it's not widely talked about. And before we begin, I want to say this. I am not mad at women who have gotten an abortion. 
and who are sorry about it and regret it. I want you to know that there is overwhelming forgiveness from Jesus Christ. If you confess and repent, he will forgive you. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you are born again, if you're a born-again Christian, Jesus' blood removes sin entirely. He doesn't just forgive it. Having our sins forgiven would be a blessing enough, but Jesus came to remove our sin. So I want you to know, there's no condemnation if you belong to Christ. And by receiving the life that he paid for you to have, you could become a new creation. Everything you've done in your past is wiped completely clean. You receive his righteousness and you are pure and holy and righteous in the sight of God. He doesn't look at you for what you've done. I love you. I grieve with you for the decisions that you've made. I'm sure someone listening has gone through an abortion. And I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And there is healing in Christ. And God loves you. He doesn't think any less of you because of what you've done. You know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 We all need his forgiveness. And it's his kindness that leads us to repent. It's the mercy. It's being spared what we deserve. And it's his grace. It's getting what we don't deserve. And when we see his love and his kindness for us, it makes us want to live for him. It makes us want to change. So I'm not mad at you. And in fact, this podcast is not even directed at you. This episode is really aiming for those who support abortion and for those who elect people who do as well. You know, we are missing over 100,000, I'm sorry, nope, 100 million Americans and possibly more. As of today, around 63,500,000 people have been aborted since Roe v. Wade in 1973. But if you think about that, that's 49 years. In 49 years, even conservatively speaking, the average population rate has hovered around two per family. So if they doubled, that would be 127 million. And 49 years, that's long enough for some people to have grandkids. That number could be even higher. I estimated around 100 million to be conservative and not overshoot. We're missing over 100 million Americans. Why? Because of some law that is not even constitutional. You can't find a place in the Constitution where it says that it is okay to kill a baby. What they did was manipulate the 14th Amendment. But because of this law, because of this case law, this Roe v. Wade, we have killed more people than Hitler and Stalin combined. That's right, 10 times more humans than Jews that were killed in the Holocaust have died because of abortion. Listen, all life that is lost is a tragedy. But abortion is horrific because that is something that is preventable. We can vote on it and we can change it. But who would actually support abortion? 
I basically broke it down to say this. Either someone who is so uninformed that they just are totally ignorant to it. They have no idea. And I will educate you today. Or someone who is demonized, cold-hearted, and driven by flesh. There's no other option for me for who would support abortion. So let's get down to some facts. And listen, this is all going to tie into voting. But I'm going to talk about what people will not talk about. A baby is its own life, not the mother's. That's simple. Science has proven that. Another fact, a baby's life begins at conception. Science has proven that. Now I want you to imagine casting a vote before God for an elected official. Imagine saying, God, listen, I know that they allow and, you know, as of recently, kind of encourage you to kill your baby if you don't want it or if you don't think that it's going to have a good life or you're not going to be able to provide. But I really don't like the other candidates. Listen, this person has incredible tax reforms, economical policies, their border stance, the military strategies they have. I mean, our country could really flourish. And I don't think it's right for me to make a decision based on one issue. Can you imagine saying that to God? But that's what I hear, and I hear it out of the mouth of Christians. And I'm not condemning you right now. I'm not judging you. I'm saying, please wake up. Please see how ridiculous that sounds. Imagine Jesus saying that. You know, and there's people who would say, well, Jesus wouldn't even vote. Jesus wouldn't get involved. We are called to be like him and steward the country we live in. And guess what? We live in a democracy. Do you think God sees our economy as equal and worthy of comparison to the lives of preborn humans that are being murdered? Do you think God has an opinion on single issue voting? Do you think God's like, hey, listen, it's okay. You know, I know that you're picking the lesser of two evils and you really hate this one person. And so you can't vote for them. Um, you know, what, what else are you going to do? You're kind of forced to vote for the pro-choice person. I don't see God saying that. And if all you get out of this podcast is thinking that I'm some Trump supporter or some conser- diehard conservative, you're missing it. You're totally missing it. I'm not talking about any of that stuff right now. And I am not a diehard supporter of any person. I support biblical Christian values. And when I vote, I try to pick someone who lines up with most of those. And I will not vote for someone who violates those specifically and beginning with the issue of abortion. Because that is the only value that guarantees the death of preborn humans. So if someone is pro-choice, I automatically rule them out. Do you think God sees our healthcare reforms or military campaign strategies as equal with the killing of preborn humans? Personally, I do not. Pro-choice Christians, I want to ask you a question, and this is not not being snarky, or I, I really genuinely I have friends that have voted for people that are pro-choice, and I have friends that have expressed their wrestle with pro-choice or that they simply are pro-choice. And to me, that falls into progressive Christianity because it's anti-scriptural, which means it's anti-God because the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, and if you're against the Word, 
you're against God. You're against Christ. So pro-choice Christians, I want to ask you, how do you reconcile your opinion on being pro-choice with the Bible? Listen to this. Really listen to this. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Psalm 139. 1 through 6, I believe. It says that God makes us in secret. And yet abortion kills in secret. Think about that. People say it's just a clump of cells. Even the psalmist here says that the eyes of the Lord were upon his unformed substance. God writes our days in his book before we are born. And man snuffs them out with abortion. Here's another passage, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in your mother's body... I chose you. So before we were even formed, we were chosen by God. Before you were born, I set you apart to serve me. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Before you were born, I chose you, God says. How many prophets have we torn apart limb from limb at the cost of what we think is best? How many prophets have we torn apart limb from limb? How many prophets have we dissolved with a pill? How many prophets have we vacuum suctioned out of a mother's womb? Think about that. How about this? How about the fact that modern science, totally separate from religion, says a human life begins when sperm meets an egg? Conception. That defeats any argument that abortion is okay at any stage of pregnancy. Beginning with the knowledge of being pregnant, you are now accountable for a life. As soon as you are aware that you're pregnant, you're accountable. That is a life. Okay, so now we're all on the same page. We're on the same page with God, and we're even on the same page with science. And we can agree that being pregnant, which literally means being With child means that you're carrying a life and that abortion is killing a life. Any counter-argument to that is a prideful position that is anti-biblical and, frankly, anti-science. Now, despite these facts, despite ultrasounds and graphics, people still support abortion. And in some places, abortion is is legal up until the point of birth. How does that make you feel? Up until the very point of birth, in some states, abortion is 100% legal. Listen, we gave birth on our bedroom floor. 
with one friend present. I watched my son come out of my wife. That was a human being. You know what happened immediately? We held him. We took pictures with him. He cried, and he was breathing, and he got hungry, so my wife fed him. But seconds before he came out of her, he could be legally murdered. Is that right? I'm sure some of you are shaking your head right now. So there is a line for some of you. I have to say this. Quit moving the goalposts of what's acceptable and just get on God's side. Abortion is murder at every stage. Listen, you can't rip limbs off of a clump of cells. You rip limbs off of a human. Many babies are brutally murdered this way in the secret of a womb where, again, God is forming a life. Now, I don't even need to get into women's rights because we've just shown that the baby is its own life. Once again, science shows that a baby is its own DNA. It's its own life. So here's the truth. If you elect someone that is pro-choice, money will fund abortions. Abortions will be made more accessible, not less. And more babies will die. What tax or health care or border issue or fill-in-the-blank issue is more important than that? Now, generally speaking, those who are against abortion are more conservative. You know, I was just at the March for Life. I was at the National Pro-Life Summit. I'm a part of Students for Life and Live Action. And they're incredible organizations. Love Students for Life. Love Live Action. So thankful for them. But there were even, there were atheists for life, there were LGBTQ for life, there were liberals for life, Democrats for life. There were so many people in different categories of spiritual and political beliefs that were for life. But they had a conservative view on the issue of abortion. Tax, healthcare, border policies will usually also be more conservative when you are looking at a candidate who is against abortion. That's why they're called conservative. This isn't me saying, hey, go register Republican. I'm saying when you look at a candidate who is conservative regarding abortion, usually the rest of their views will also be conservative. All other voting issues are temporal. But life is eternal. And the Bible makes it clear that for those of us who are in Christ, we'll have eternal life. But for those of us who are not, we will be separated from God forever in a lake of fire. That will be the second death. You see, when we're talking about humans, we can kill someone's body, but their soul is going to go somewhere. There is no issue that we could vote on that is more important than a human life. And no other issue is more controversial and less talked about among the church. I want you to think, and maybe you attend an amazing church. I do. Now, I haven't always. 
But I want you to think about this. When's the last time you heard abortion talked about from the pulpit and not just in passing? Is your pastor against abortion? Does your pastor speak out against pro-choice and pro-abortion candidates? Human beings are being slaughtered in the secrecy of the womb, but it goes unspoken about. Literally, guys, some of you might not know this and some of you may. Look it up online. Go on DuckDuckGo and image search abortion pictures. Turn off safe search. Turn off the moderated, you know, results. Make sure that it's completely unmoderated, unlimited, unfiltered, unrestricted. And search abortion pictures. For those of you who are maybe on the fence or you're not sure, I want you to get that in your head. Because you're going to see pictures of little people that have been ripped apart limb from limb, their skull crushed, their little arms and their little feet and their little hands bloody. The pictures are on there and they're real. They're taken from medical professionals. Abortion is killing a human and when it happens to babies, they can feel pain. They're being torn apart limb from limb, like what the cartel does to people. That's happening in the womb. The whole purpose of this podcast is to get you to care. Now listen, I pray that you care more right now than you did before we began. But, you know, I hate being called an influencer because that name is just so thrown around. But if I'm going to be called an influencer, then I should be able to influence. And so I want to ask you, what are you going to do about this? You know, we can say we're pro-life all day, but if we sit idly by while more kids are slaughtered, you know, today, 2,363 kids are scheduled to die, statistically, every day. Tomorrow, when you wake up, 2,363 more babies will be scheduled for death. It's not enough to just sit around and say I'm pro-life. What are we doing about it? Even I'm convicted. You know, I haven't spoken out enough about this. We have to raise our voices. We need to be at these city council meetings, these state legislative meetings. We need to be emailing and writing our governors and senators and congressmen and women. We need to be talking about this on social media. Ask your pastor to talk about it from the pulpit. If they won't, say why not. Life is not a political issue. Abortion is not a political issue. It's a humanity issue. And if you don't believe me, I just told you in the beginning that right now, literally right this second, there should be a hundred million at least more people living on this planet and in this country, and they're not because they're dead. And people want to say that that is a political issue. There would be people in their 50s, in their 40s, in their 30s, in their 20s, 10 years old. There would be newborns as a result of those abortions not taking place. But because they did, none of them are here. Over 100 million people. That is not a political issue. And I'll tell you this. God cares about child sacrifice a lot. You should check out the Bible. These kids are being sacrificed on the altar of convenience. They're being killed as an offering to self. 
and your voice matters because culture is what drives politics. Your vote matters. If you're not registered to vote, you need to register. It's a right that you have and you need to exercise it. No matter what you think is going to happen with your vote or the election was stolen or whatever, get out there and vote. At least give them a vote to steal. And listen, I will never stop talking about this until abortion is not only illegal, but unthinkable. I want my kids to grow up and hear about abortion and say, Dad, how could that have happened for five decades? I don't even believe that. How, how could they let babies be killed in this country? I don't understand, Dad. That's the response I want. I want it to be unthinkable. I want, to, I want them to feel the way I did when I first learned about the Holocaust. Dad, how could that happen? How could they let six million people get killed and experimented on and all these things? I can't even, it's hard for me to believe. How, how did that happen? It's unthinkable to me. And I pray to God abortion becomes unthinkable to the next generation. So I'm asking you, will you use your voice? Will you have the hard discussions? Listen, we only get one life. This thing is a wisp, a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. What are you doing with it? Because all of heaven is watching. And if you're a Christian, you are filled with the Spirit of God. Why would you care what anyone thinks about you? So maybe you're wondering, well, how can I help? I do want to get more involved. Start sharing about it. Make little videos. Make a 15-second story talking about why abortion is horrible and why you're pro-life. Make a post. Go to pro-life posts and, and show some support. Leave a comment. Do something. Do anything. That's how you can help. How can you make a change? Well, alongside having a voice and getting some skin in the game, mail or email people in positions of government. They have the power to change. It's like we elect them and then we never hit them up to do anything. We just kind of let them run and, and, and people complain about them behind the scenes. Write them. It's not that hard to write a letter. It's not that hard to find out where to send letters. Talk to your congressman. You can do this. Because listen, when Roe v. Wade ends, and I believe that it will, and I pray to God that we have a massive celebration, possibly in June, if they hold out to the end, to the end of their time limit to vote on this, which is June. But when Roe v. Wade ends, that's when the real battle begins. Because if you don't know what's going to happen, basically this, Roe v. Wade overturned, federally regulated abortions are gone, it's pushed back to the state level. So we have a new set of challenges. Now, that's a, it's a great victory, of course, but that's when the real work begins for us because around 26 states, as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, about 26 states, more than half, will severely limit or completely ban abortion. That leaves 24 more states that are either going to remain neutral or that are going to go hardcore and try to protect abortion like California and New York. We have to fight until all 50 states are anti-abortion. That's going to require getting into the ears and the minds of those who hold office in your cities and states. Listen, we're doing the Lord's work. Being a voice for the voiceless is kingdom work. 
and it is a hill that I will die on. I would be happy to stand before the Lord and say, God, I stood up for the unborn. I stood up for those who cannot help themselves. It was not glamorous. We were hated. We were persecuted. But I believe that this is your heart. And I say this with confidence before the Lord. It's an issue worth voting for and worth voting against. I will never elect someone who is not against abortion. Pro-choice, pro-abortion, completely off of my ballot. I'll pray about the rest of the issues, but that to me is a deal breaker. And I want to advise you, never elect a murderer or one who supports another's decision to kill. I hope this spoke to something to you. You know, I don't talk about things like this very often because I haven't had a medium to do it. I share videos about why abortion is bad and things like that, but I've never really got to sit down and break it down and urge people to take action. And so I'm glad that I got to do that today. Listen, I want to encourage you, if this spoke to you at all, send it to someone. Let's get this conversation going. Like and rate and review this podcast. It helps gain more traction so that more people listen. Because you guys have liked and rated and reviewed and shared, that's how we've risen to the top 40 out of 92,000. And we can keep going if you keep listening and rating and reviewing and following and engaging. I've got a couple of announcements for you. I've got a book out. It's now available on ebook. It's only $10 on Amazon. It's called I Will Always Overcome. If you're dealing with fear or worry or anxiety or depression or you just want more faith in your life, you want to grow in your intimacy with the Lord, this nine-week devotional is absolutely designed to help you do that. The link is in the description or go to shanewinnings.com and you can buy it from there. $10. That's two cups of coffee. I want to tell you about Faith International University, incredible university. It's an accredited Bible college. They still believe in the Word of God. There's bachelor's, master's, doctoral programs, business, sports ministry, religion. There's so many different categories that you can get a degree in. And the best part, you can work at your own pace. They assign the homework. They assign the classes. It's due at the end of the week. You split it up throughout the week however you want. With many of us that are so busy, it's nice to be able to go to class and do homework at your own pace. So check it out at faithiu.edu. September 3rd in Dallas, Texas, there is a historic event that is happening, and it's absolutely free. One Voice Student Missions, my mission group, which is made up of the Jesus Clubs and Gen Z for Jesus. Maybe you've seen us online. Lou Engel and Upper Room are all joining forces to see 50,000 youth and their parents gather on the 60-year anniversary that the courts removed prayer, removed God from schools. We are going to meet. We are going to pray. We're going to believe that this nation will be a nation under God and that God will be in schools again and this next generation will know him. September 3rd, the link is in my bio. Gen Z for Jesus, it's going to be amazing. If you want to follow me for more content, check me out on Instagram and TikTok at Shane.Winnings or on YouTube at Shane Winnings. I'm about to hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Glory to God. I post a lot of videos and full-length sermons. I post video podcasts on there. So go check it out. Again, all this stuff is totally free. That's why I invite you to partner with us because we don't do any of this for pay. And if you like it, you know, feel free to support us with a small monthly gift. It really helps out. 
It means a lot to us. As always, I'm going to pray for healing right now before we wrap up this episode. I want to thank you for listening. I know it could be uncomfortable, but it is a conversation we need to have and that we are going to have more and more. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you that you love us, God. And I thank you that you sent your only son to pay the price for us to have access to you. I thank you that the blood of Jesus forgives and removes all sin. And I thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for us to be completely restored and redeemed back to the place we were in, in the garden. No sickness, no death. You said, Lord, whoever believes in you has everlasting life. And I thank you, God, that we're never going to die. We're just going to go be with you one day. But I thank you that while we're on this earth, you showed us it was your desire to heal because, Jesus, you healed every person that you touched. Every person that asked you to be healed was healed. And so right now, By the power of the Holy Spirit, I speak to anyone who is sick, who is injured, who has pain, who has a limitation or a disability, and I command you to be healed right now for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, every sickness go now. Every spirit of infirmity leave right now. Every evil and tormenting spirit of oppression go now. I break off heaviness from you now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Listen, test out your body right now, and whatever changes happen to you, I believe some of you are being healed right now, send me a message through social media or leave it in a review on the podcast. We want to see what God is doing, and I want to thank you again for listening. We'll see you at episode eight. God bless.